This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. <clears throat> Chapter 2 The Open Road. Ratty, said the mole. Sunny, sunny one bright summer morning. If you please, I want to ask you a favour. A rat was on the riverbank singing a little song. He just composed it himself, so he was very taken up with it. I would not pay proper attention to mole or anything else. Since early morning, he'd been swimming in the river, in company with his friends the ducks. When ducks stood on their heads suddenly, as ducks will, he would dive down and tickle their necks, just under where their chins would be if ducks had chins, till they were forced to come to the surface again in a hurry, spluttering and angry and shaking their feathers at him. But it is impossible to say quite all you feel when your head is underwater. At last they implored him to go away and tend to his own affairs and leave them to mind theirs. So the rat went away, sat on the river bank in the sun, and made up a song about them, which he called Ducks Ditty. Along, 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 all along the bush, through the rushes were tall. But, but, ducks were dabbling up, tails all. Ducks, tails, great tails, yellow feet and quiver. Yellow beaks all out of sight, busy in the river. Dusty green undergrowth, where the roach swim. Here we keep your larder, cool and full and dim. Everyone for what he likes, he would like to be. He's down, tails up, juggling feet. High on the blues above, swells wild, well. Twist well and cool. Up, we're up, down, a dabbling, fat tails all. I don't know what, what, I, what I think so much about that little song back, observed them, but so mild curiosity. Cautiously, he's no poet himself. I didn't care who knew it, and he, a, and he did, had a candid nature. No, don't do the ducks neither. But replied the rat, cheerfully. Cheerful, they say, "Well, I can't fellows be allowed to do what they like when they like them, and as they like, instead of other feathers sitting on the banks and watching them all the time about making remarks and poetry and things about them. What nonsense it is! It all is." That's what the ducks say. So it is. So it is, said the mole, with great heartlessness. No, it isn't, replied the rat indignantly. Well, then, it isn't, it isn't, replied the mole smoothly. But what I, but what I wanted to ask you was, would you take me to call, to call on Mr. Toad? I've heard so much about him. I want to make his acquaintance. Well, certainly, said the good-natured rat. Jumping his feet and dismissing poetry from his day mind for the day. Get out of the boat now, and we'll paddle up the air in a once. It's never the wrong time to call him Toad. Early or late, he's always the same fellow. Always good-tempered, always glad to see you, always sorry when you go. He must be a very nice animal, observed the mole. Have you got to, into the boat? 
and took the skulls, while the rat set himself comfortably in the stern. He is indeed the best of animals, replied Rat. So simple, so good natured, and so affectionate. Perhaps he's not very clever. We can't all be geniuses. But it may be that he's both boastful and conceited. But he has got some great qualities, says Toady. Rounding a bend in the river, they came to slight a handsome, dignified old house of red oak, red brick, with well kept lawns reaching down the water's edge. He is, he is, toad all. Said the rat, and that creek on the left, where the notice reads, says, private, no landing allowed, leads to his boat house. We'll we leave the boat. The stables are over there to the right. That's the bank corridor you're looking at now. Rather old, that is. Toad is rather rich, you know, and this is really one of the nicest houses in these parts. Though we must never admit as much to the toad. He glided up the creek, and the mole slipped. Chipped his skulls, they passed into the meadow of a large boathouse. Here they saw many handsome boats flung from the cross beams, piled up on a slip, but none in the water. The place had an unused and deserted air. That looked round him. Oh, I understand," said he. "Boat is weighed out. He tried it and done with it. I wonder what new fad he has taken up now. Come on, let's look him up. You shall hear." All about it quite soon enough. They disembarked, they strove across the grey deck flower decked lawns in search of toad, whom they presently happened upon, resting in a wicker garden chair, with a preoccupied expression of face, a large mat spread out on his knees. Hurrah! he cried, jumping up and seeing them. This is splendid. He shook the pearls of both of them warmly, awaiting never waiting for an injection to mold. How can you went on dancing around them. I've just seen going to send a boat down the river for you, Ratty. You're a strip holders. And you are to be fetched up here at once. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I want you badly. Both of you. Now, what will you take? Come inside and have something. You don't know how lucky it is you're turning up last night now. Let's sit quite a bit, Tony, said the Rat, throwing himself out on an easy chair. The mole took another by the side of him, made some civil mark about Toad's delightful residence. Funniest house in the, in on the, the whole river, cried Toad boastfully. Or oh, anywhere else, for that matter. He w- could not help adding. Here the rat nudged the mole. Unfortunately, Toad saw him do it. A turn where he read. There, there was a moment of painful sights. Then Toad burst out laughing. All right, Batty, he said. It's only my way, you know. It's not such a bad, very bad house, is it? You know you rather like it yourself. Now look here, let's be sensible. You're the very animals I wanted. You've got to help me. It's most important. Is it about real robbing, I suppose? Said the rat with innocent air. We're getting on fairly well, though. You splash a good, a good bit still. For a good deal, patience and any quality of coaching you may. Oh, poor boating, interrupted the toad in great disgust. Silly bonish movement. I'd t- given that up long ago. It's a waste of time. That's what it is. It makes me downright sorry to see you fellows who ought to know better spending your, all your energies in that aimless manner. No, I discovered a real thing, the only genuine occupation for a lifetime. I propose to devote the reign of my time, may a mind, to it, and only can only regret the wasted years that lie behind me. Gone and in terms of Come with me, Ratty. 
Your honourable friend, also. He'll be very so be so good. Just as far as the stable yard, and you'll see, see what you shall see. He led the way to the stable yard in Courtly, a rat following a most distrustful expression. There dawned, drawn out of the coach house in the open, the very they saw a gypsy caravan, shining with newness, painted in a coronary yellow, picked out with green and red wheels. There you are, cried Toad, straddling and expanding itself. There is real life for you, embodied in that little cart, the open road, the dusty hillside, the heath, the common, the hedgerows, the building downs, cramps, villages, towns, cities, here today, up and off to somewhere else tomorrow. Travel, change, interest, excitement, the whole world before you horizon is always changing, and mind is very fine, this cart that it's sort that it ever built, it's ever built, without any exception. Please come inside and look for the arrangement plan. All myself I did. Mal was tremendously interested and excited, and followed him up eagerly up the steps into the tier of the cabin. Caravan. Right, and he snorted and thrust his hands down in his pockets from mine and maining. Maining where he was. It was indeed very compact and comfortable little sleeping bunks. There's a table folded up against the wall, cooking stove, lockers, bookshelves, a bird cage with a bird in it, pots, pans, jugs, and kettles of every size and variety. All complete, said Toad triumphantly, pulling open the locker. You see, biscuits, potted lobster, sandwiches, sardines, everything you could possibly want. Soda water here, backy there, letter, paper, bacon, jam, carbs, and dominoes. You'll find. He continued as he descended the steps again. You'll find that nothing would ever have been forgotten when we make our start this afternoon. I beg your pardon? The rat slowly as he chewed down the straw, through the straw. I rounded up, but I did overhear you say something about we and start this afternoon. Now you're, now you dear good old ratty, said Toad imploringly. Don't begin talking in, in that stiff and sniffy sort of way. Because you know you've got to come. I can't possibly manage without you. But please consider it settled. I don't know if it's a man thing. I can't stand. You surely don't mean to stick out. Stick her to your dull, fusty old river. All your life. I just live in a hole on a bank and boat. I want to show you the world. I'm going to make an animal of you, my boy. I don't care, said the rat. Doggily. I'm not coming. And that's flat. I'm going to stick to my old river. I live in a hole. And a boat, as I always done. And that's what's more, Mole. Going to stick with me and do as I do, aren't you, Mole? Of course I am, said Mole loyally. I always stick to you, Rat. What do you say to uh, it to be, has got to be, well, same. It sounds as if it might have been, well, rather funny, you know. And it was fleet, poor Mole. Life adventurous was so, was so new a thing to him. So filling his fresh, Aspect of it was so tempting, you fall in love first sight with a canary coloured cart and all its little filaments. Rat saw that what was passing his mind and wondered. Wavered. He hated disappointing people. He is fond of the mole and would do any, almost anything to oblige him. Toad was watching both of them closely. Come on along in and have some lunch, he said diplomatically. And we'll take it over. He doesn't need to decide anything in a hurry. 
Of course, I don't care. Don't you care? I want to give pleasure to you fellows. Live for others. That's my motto in life. Do luncheon, which was excellent, of course, as everything at Total Royals was. Toad simply let himself go, disregarding the rat, and proceeded to play upon the inexperienced mole as a harp, as a harp, naturally a vulnerable animal, always mastered by his imagination, painted prospects of trip and joys the open life, road signs such glowing, glowing colours, mole could hardly sit in his chair for excitement. Tamiyas soon seemed taken for granted that all three of them, a trip was a settled thing, and rat. Though still unconvinced, his mind allowed his good nature to override his personal objections. He could not bear to disappoint his two friends, who were already deep in their schemes and interpretations, planning out each day's separate occupation of several weeks ahead. But they were quite ready, the now triumphant toad led his companions to the paddock and set them to capture the grilled grey horse who, without having been consulted, and to his own extreme nights, been told off by Toad for the duskiest job in the duskiest suspended tradition. Fanny preferred the paddock, took a deal catching. Meanwhile, Toad packed the lockers still tighter, necessaries and hung. No bag nets of onions, bundles of hay, and baskets from the bottom of the cart, as at last the horse was caught. Harnessed, and they set off, taking at once, talking at once, each animal either trudging by the side of the cart or sitting on a shaft as a human took him. It was a good old- Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of golden afternoon. Smell the dust, they kicked up was rich and satisfying. Out the thick orchards on either side of the road, birds called and whistled to them. Truly good natured welfares. Passing them they gave a good day. I stopped to say things about their beautiful cart and rabbits sitting at front doors in the hedgerows. Held up their footprints and said, Oh my, oh my, oh my Late in the evening, tired and happy, for miles from home. It drew up to moat common fair, own habitations, turned the horse loose and looked for graze, 
and ate this simple supper, sitting on the grass by the side of the cart. Toe talked big about all he was going to do days to come. The stars grew fuller and larger all around them. A yellow moon apparently sunning. Peering suddenly and silently, from nowhere in particular, came to keep them company and listen to their talk. Last they turned into the little bunks of the cart. Toe kicking out his legs, sleepy said, Well, good night to you fellows. This is the real life of the gentleman. Talk about your old your old river. I don't talk about my river, replied the great patient right. You know I don't toad. Well I think about it, said perfectly in a low tone. I think about it all the time. Mole reached out from under his blanket, felt the moment pull in the darkness and gave his it squeeze. I'll do what, do whatever you like, Ratty, he whispered. Shall we run away tomorrow morning? Well, early, very early. And go back to your dear old home on the river. No, no, we'll see it out, whispered back the rat. Thanks awfully, but I ought to stick by. Toad it till his trip is ended. Don't, I won't be safe for him till he left, he left to himself. It won't take very long. You fads never do. Good night. The end was indeed nearer than even the rat expected. Suspected. After such so, so much open air excitement, Toad slept very soundly, and no amount of shaking could rouse him out of his bed next morning. The mole rat turned so quietly and manfully, and while the rat saw to the horse, and lit the fire and cleaned it last night's cup for plates, platters, and got things ready for breakfast, the mole trudged off to the village, a long way off for milk and eggs and various necessities, Toad had, of course, forgotten to provide. Hard work had done all, all, had all been done, and two animals were resting. Fairly exhausted by the time Toad appeared, seen, fresh and gay, remarking what a pleasant nature life it was. They were all leading now of the cares and worries and teeth of home, keeping at home, housekeeping at home. They had a pleasant ramble that day over the grassy downs, along the narrow by lanes, and camped as before on common, on common only this time. Time. Two guests took care that Toby should do his fair share of work. Concurrence, when the time came for starting next morning, Toby was by no means so rapturous but in sympathy, simplicity of the primitive life. Deed attempted to resume his place in his bunk, whence he was hauled by force. There they lay, ever far across the country by narrow lanes. But not till the afternoon they came on the high road, their first high road, their disaster. Fleet and unforeseen sprang on them. Disaster momentous indeed for the expedition that sent the overwhelming effect on the after on the after career of Toad. I strolled along the high road easily, a mile by the horse's head, talking to him since the horse had complained that he was being you frightfully let off aft out of it. I never considered him in the least. Toad and Woodrat walking behind the cart, talking together, at least Toad was talking. The rat was saying at intervals, "Yes, precisely. What did you and what did you say to him?" The thing all the time was something very different. And far behind them, there occurred a dim warning hum, like the drone of a distant bee. Once about, they saw a small cloud of dust, with a dark centre of energy advancing to them, incredible speed. While out of the faint dust, a faint pop, pop, wailed like an uneasy animal in pain. Hardly regarding it. He turned to resume the conversation. But in an instant, as it seemed, the peaceful scene 
was changed. With a blast of wind, a well of sound, made a jump to the nearest ditch. It was on them. A poop poop rang, a brazen shout in their ears. They had a moment's glimpse, the interior of glittering plate glass, a rich Morocco, Morocco a reminiscent motor car, immense, brief, brief, snatching, passionate, with its pilot tense and hugging its wheels. Possessed all earth and air, the fraction of a second flung, an enveloping cloud of dust, blinded and racked them, utterly, and dwindled to a speck in the far distance, changed back into a droning bee once more. The old grey horse, dreaming as he plodded along with his quiet paddock, in a new royal situation, such as he simply abandoned himself to his natural motions, rearing, plunging, backing, steady in spite of all Bell's efforts, his head, an almost lively language, directed at his better fit, at his better feelings, drove the cart backwards towards the deep ditch on the side, and to the, towards the deep ditch on the side of the road. He wondered an instant. There they were, was. Then there was a heart rendering crash, curry coloured cart, their pride and their joy lay on its side, ditch a deemable wreck. The rat danced up and down in the road, simply transported. The passing you riddens, he shouted, shaking to both his you scandals, you white women, you road hogs. I have the law with you, I'll pull you, I'll take you through all the courts. His homesickness has quite slipped away from him. For the moment he was a skipper, a canary coloured vessel, vessel driven on a shoal by reckless juckering of rival marine mariners. He trying to recollect all the fine and biting things he used to say to masters of steam launches when they washed as they drove too near the bank, used a flooded parlour carpet at home. Toes set straight down in the middle of the rusty road, legs stretched out before him, dead flexing in the direction of the disappearing motor car. His expression breathed short. His face wore placid, satisfied expression. In intervals, he faintly murmured, Poop, poop. Mal was busy trying to quiet the horse, which he succeeded in doing after a time. Then he went to look at the cart beside the ditch. Indeed, a sorry sight. Panels and windows smashed. Axles hopelessly bent. One wheel off, sodding tins scattered over the wide road. Well, burdened to her case, sobbing pitifully. Calling to be let out, it came to help him, but his united efforts were not significant to right the cart. Hi, Toad, they said. Come and bear a hand, can't you? Toad never answered word or budged from his seat on the road, so he went to see what was the matter with him. They found him in a sort of trance, a happy smile on his face, his eyes still fixed on the dusty wake, the destroyer. At intervals, he was still heard a mutter. Poop, poop. Rat shook him by the shoulder. Are you going to help us, Toad? He demanded sternly. Glorious setting, stirring sight, murmured Toad, never offering to move. A poetry motion, the real way to travel, the only way to travel, here today and next week, tomorrow. Villages skip towns and city jumps. Always somebody else's horizon. I'll bliss a poop, poop. Oh, my, oh, my. I'll stop being an ass, Toad, but more despairingly. And a think I never knew, went on, the to- went on Toad in dreamy monotone. All those wasted years that lie behind me. I never knew, never even dreamt. But now, but now I know how, now that I really, really finally realise, 
Oh, what a flurry trick lies spread before me. Henceforth, what dust clouds shall spring up behind me? So speed on my reckless way. What carts I shall fling carelessly the ditch in the wake of my magnificent onset? Hurry, little carts, common carts, canary-coloured carts. What are we to do with him? asked Mole. To walk around, nothing at all, by the rat phone. Because there is nothing really to be done. You see, I know him from old. He's now possessed. He's got a new craze. It always takes him that way, his first days. You can do like that for days now. I can have more walking than happy to read. Quite useful for all practical purposes. Never mind him. Let's go and see what there is to be done with the cart, that cart. Careful inspection showed them that even if they succeeded in writing it by themselves, the cart would travel no longer. The axles were in hopeless state. The missing wheel was shattered into pieces. Rat knotted the horse's rein, rode back and took him by the head, carrying the bird cage, his sterical occupant, the other hand. Come on, he said grimly to Mole. It's five or six miles to nearest town. We shall have, just have to walk it. Soon we make it, we make a start of better. But what about Toad? asked Mole, anxiously as they set off together. Can't leave him in the here, sitting in the middle of the road by himself. He strapped his state he's in. I'm not, it's not safe. But another thing were to come by long. Oh, bother Toad, said Rat savagely. I've done with him. They had not proceeded very far on the way. Everyone in was a pattering feet behind him. Toad caught them up and thrust a pole inside the elbow of each of them. Still breathing short and staring into vacancy. Now look here, Toad, said Rat sharply. As soon as we get to the town, you have to go straight to the police station. See if they know anyone. Anything about that motor car. Who belongs to? Lodge a complaint against it. And then you have to go to Blacksmith for a boil rights. Arrange the cart to be fetched and mended. Put the rights. I'll take time. It's not quite a hopeless smash. Meanwhile, Mole and I go to the inn and buy a couple of rooms where we can still, we can stay till the cart's ready until your nerves have recovered their shock. PlayStation complaint, murmured Toad dreamily. Me complain of that beautiful, that heavenly vision forsaked me. Then the cart, I done with carts forever. I never wanted to see that cart. Or hear about it of it again. Arati, you don't can't figure how obliged I am. You consented to come on this trip. I wouldn't have come without you. Then I might have never seen that swan, that suddenly, that thunderbolt. Might never have heard that trancing sound, or smelt that bewitching smell. Oh, it all to you, my best of friends. Rat turned from him in despair. You see that what it is? He said to Mole, addressing him across the mole tail's head. It's quite hopeless. Give it up. And we get to the town. We go to the railway station. With luck, we pick, may pick up a train there. Get us back to Riverbank tonight, and we can catch him. We go in and pitying this provoking animal again. He saw the Indrunian master of the weary dredge, dressed his marked seclusively the mole. On reaching the town, they went straight to the station. They deposited Toad in second class waiting room, giving a porter tuppence to keep a strict eye on him. Then they left the horse at their own stable, gave it what directions they could about the cart and its contents. Eventually a slow train and landed from the station not very far from Toad Hall, they escorted a spellbound, sleep-walking toad 
the door, put him inside it, struck the housekeeper to feed him, undress him, and put him to bed. Then they got out of their boat from the boathouse, to go down to the river house, and with a very late hour, sat down to supper in their own cosy riverside parlour, to rapt great joy and contentment. Following evening, Mole had risen late, taking things very easily all day, but sitting in the boat fishing, and Mole had been looking up with his friends and gossiping, and strolling along to find him. Heard the news, he said. There's nothing else go being talked about. All along the riverbank, Charlie went up to town by early train this morning. He's been has ordered a large and very expensive motor car. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.